Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. on 7 out of the ticket. Ethan Skolnick here with Chris Perkins on a Tuesday, taking you up until 6.30 tonight when the Heat play against the Pistons. We'll get back to the conversation about that game, big game in the Eastern Conference here in a minute, but for now, we're honored. Uh, as I mentioned, this is one of uh, my favorite guys that I got a chance to cover during my years covering the Miami Heat. Joining us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line, they are truly steps beyond convenient. Former Heat center forward Brian Grant. Brian, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Ethan. Good uh, to be talking to you again. Yeah, you too. You too. Well, let, let's start here. What do you got going on this weekend? Tell people about it. Let's kind of give uh, everybody an idea of what you've been up to and what this event is about. Yeah, our, our foundation um, is um, we're not actually presenting it. Sally and Boris from uh, Function, they're actually putting it together, uh, a gala uh, for Saturday, April 1st at 7 p.m. I believe it's in the Art District. Um the building is the Electra building. Mm-hmm. A building that wasn't here when I when I was here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great event. It's a it's a great way if you've ever wanted to join the fight against Parkinson's to come out, buy a ticket, have a good time, while at the same time helping out the Brian Grant Foundation. And Brian, I, I know obviously uh, people. Some people do know your story. Some people don't. Um, you were diagnosed with Parkinson's. How long has it been now? Uh, I was officially diagnosed in 2008, but in 2006 is when I first noticed that I was having uh, symptoms of something, you know, a little skin twitch, somewhere in my finger, and moved back to Miami where I thought that would help, and I ended up going through nine months of depression, pretty deep, dark depression. And a lot of times, Ethan, when uh, someone has a tremor, some kind of a tremor, and there's um, depression, that's a telltale sign that you could possibly have um, Parkinson's. That's how that's how it happened for me. And how how have you been? How have you been lately? How's your health doing? How are you doing? My health is doing really good. It's actually a little too good because I had an aunt that came out over the holidays and threw on twenty five pounds to me. <laughs> and I know we're gonna be down there in beautiful Miami. I'm gonna see Bob McAdoo. He's gonna go, "Hey, what's all this? What's all this right here?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I've actually progressed very slow. You know, I've, I've had it almost ten years diagnosed. And um, I think because of muscle memory from being an athlete, that's caused me to, you know, progress really slow, which is good. Ryan, um, how, how has your life um, changed from the from the standpoint of, of going out and and seeing people and, and doing things? I, I, I'm imagining that it was very slow early. Or are you getting back into the swing of that? How is that how is that process going? Yeah, I mean, like like the first year I moved back to Portland, it was one of those things where I didn't want to go out in the public because I, I didn't know how to explain why my hand was trembling. And, you know, once I was diagnosed and then I came out uh, to the public that I had Parkinson's, I mean, I really took a big weight.
shoulders and I was able to open up and do more things and, and be a part of more causes. And in our first year that we uh, had our foundation, we, we do that event for the Michael J. Fox Foundation and raised three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Talking to Brian Grant here on 790 The Ticket. There's been a lot of conversation about a team that you played on, um, the 2003-2004 team with the Heat, because of this Heat season, which was unexpected and didn't start so well, and, and the parallels between this team and that team. How much do you think about the sort of that team that you played on? I, I know uh, you played on a couple of teams here that were pretty good with the Heat, but particularly that 03-04 team, when Dwayne was a rookie and you yeah. had Karan and, and all that. Was, was that your favorite Heat season? Oh, oh, definitely. I liked my first season down, too. I, like, when I first got there, uh, I was so excited. I to thinking that I'd get to play power forward, and then, you know, Zoe had his uh, kidney helmet come on. So, um, yeah, the, par- the comparisons that I see from that team and this team right now is basically the way they did it, but these guys are a bunch of kids that mm-hmm. don't know they're not supposed to win. <laughs> right. You know, you get a bunch of vets together, we know, okay, we can get 30% or 40% of these games, the rest of them will have to chalk up. They go, they're going out there and just beating people. And um, I think it's I think it's great, um, you know, when you can see a young team come together like that. Brian, what do you think about the way that the league has changed? I, I remember uh, covering covering you and, and with the Heat, and, and uh, I remember one time in particular you had played against Shaq, and you, we walk into the locker room, and you're, you're dabbing your upper lip and your mouth with Kleenexes and firing them into the floor, and you were talking about how physical Shaq had been. We don't see those back-to-the-basket centers that, that play down low. It's a lot of three-pointers. What do you think about the game nowadays? I mean, I look at uh... – Cousins out in uh, New Orleans. I mean, that's the prototypical five-four. Now, you know, you better learn to put it on the floor, shoot threes, and have a back-to-the-back basket um, game. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know that I could have been uh, had any success in today's league. I know I would have adjusted, but for me, it was just let it all hang out and see what happens. And you can't do that anymore because it'll cost you money, cost you games. <laughs> Things like that. I mean, I don't want to see guys getting fights, but it's all right for two teams to get flared up a little bit because both teams are competing so hard and they want to get that win versus, you know, let me just go out here and trip him and, you know, maybe I won't get the trial call. <laughs> You, you reference you reference another team that you played on down here the, the year that Zoe uh, went out and and you yeah. you moved to the center position and and I know that uh, and you guys ended up winning. You guys, you guys ended up winning 50 games. I guess that 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 was a pretty satisfying season for you too. I would think, right? Yeah, I mean it was very satisfying. Um, you know, Anthony Mason and I were sort of similar players, and I was hoping to get a bid to the All Star break, but when I didn't, I was glad he got it. Um, but you know, overall for a team effort, it, it was really good. And let me say something about that other team, Stan Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. Now I know I know Eric was understand um, that year in 2004 because when we were losing, Stan would come in with these numbers to say, if we win here, win here, we can drop one here, here's where we'll be. He, he shows the statistics every day and we're like, dude, we're like 2 and 12. Or something. <laughs> and, and eventually it started making sense because we're like, whoa, he said we'd be here and now we're there. And then by the end of it, we were like, you know, had the eighth spot and then we jumped all the way down to the sixth spot. And I kind of think, you know, uh, that's a little bit of what um, Spoh's been doing with the guys, too. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Worked for us. 
Yeah. It did. They, they ended up hitting a softer patch of the schedule. I wanted to ask you, by the way, I was looking up your, your record here as, as we're talking. You did make six threes over the course of your career, so you probably could have played in today's <laughs> era. Although I th- four of them came in one season early on. I want to ask you about, I mean, you were there for the sort of the start of the, the Dwayne Wade era here uh, in, mm-hmm. in South Florida. And, and obviously it, it didn't end, and maybe, uh, who knows, maybe there'll be a reunion here in a year or two. Things didn't go that well in Chicago this year. When did you know yeah. Dwayne was special? Well, I knew he was special when I told him I was going to put him on the on the hardwood floor. He didn't pass me the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were playing pickup games every time he went to the hole. I said, "Hey, man, pass the ball." He goes, "Tell me to shoot it when I feel it." I said, "So you feel it every time?" He goes, "I'm feeling it." So I said, like, right, "I can't argue with that." And then just his maturity, you know, as a uh, rookie player coming in, just having that level of maturity to communicate. The thing I really liked about Dwayne and you, Don, is they were both my rookies, and you know, you, you try to get rookies to do stuff for you today. They say, all right, dude, I have to get you, whatever. I had Udonis, and I had Dwayne. They got my coffee. They got my bag. And then I told Udonis, like, every day he'd be kicking my butt in practice. I'd be like, okay, okay, you wait until you're the old man. He goes, I ain't going to be old like you, BG. So <laughs> a few years back, he said, I got old. <laughs> yeah, so hey, I really uh, cherish those relationships that I built when I was playing. Brian, Eric Spolstra and, and the success that he's had as a coach, did you see this coming? Uh, this year or his or, career? Oh, his career. His career. Because he was an assistant when, I, when you were there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he, he inherited some, some pretty key pieces um, when he started coaching. But still, you know, those pieces weren't working in other places. It took a you know, the, the mental know-how and a game plan to get them, everybody in the game the way they want to be in the game and the way he wants them to be in the game. So I would say no because he's just, I mean, he's so driven. He's he, he's an X's and O's type of guy. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that he had success because, I mean, he worked for it. It wasn't like he just, you know, wasn't there and stepped in. He, he had been there for years doing video, I think, when he first got there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you get a chance to see Xavier? Did. Yeah, you gotta have that elite eight. Yeah, it was tough, man. I'm proud of them. You know, they did better than everybody thought they would after losing the big player. Um, you know, now, but I, I'm out here in Oregon, so everybody's going crazy over the Ducks. Yep. I think it'll be a good Final Four. Looking forward to it. Talking to Brian Grant here on 790 The Ticket. Um, Pat Riley told the story about you to me a little while ago. He came out to one of your events out in i believe it was out in oregon or out in portland and yeah. and he gave you one of he has uh he gave you a card right uh one of mm-hmm. his one of one of his forever cards it, do, do you still have that he, he he described you as as one of his forever men you know what i've got it i just got it located it was it was put up <laughs> all these moves and stuff but i yeah I got it in my heart for sure but i, I know it's in one of these stories is or somewhere one of these places around here but, you know, Coach Riley, I tell you, man, I, when uh, they started coming after me during free agency, there was no way I was coming to Miami to play. It was just like, man, I heard the stories. I can't do it. And when you get down there, after you've been on a team that we, we had a great team, but it was like the wild, wild west mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the different personalities and things. And then you get somewhere where all that chatter is gone and it's just one voice, that's intoxicating. Especially after it's been, ah, 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 you know. 
you know, we wish we'd have won that championship in 2000. You know, my heart always got here for them, but Miami owns a great big part of my heart as well. And, Brian, when you talk about, you know, you didn't think you could do it, what did you find was the biggest misconception about Pat Riley or the Heat? Because I, I remember, you know, the three-hour practices way back in the day, and, you know, Pat is, is so competitive. What what was the thing that was overblown the most And you got here and you said, that's not the way it was portrayed to me? Well, you know, I love you, Pat, but it wasn't overblown. You worked. I mean, when I played <laughs> – for uh, the Trailblazers, I played at 267, 270. I was fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, wow, really? And next, next you know, I'm 245. Uh, I was in the best shape of my life, but it was it was hard because I lost some dirt. Uh, but, but you know, my, my, my heart, did I go out there and go down with anybody? That means I was always going to win. You know, Coach Riley, I think the, one of the biggest misconceptions is maybe that guys don't learn anything from their mother than just how to be fit, and that's, that's bull. I mean, he's a he's a hell of a mentor, heck of a mentor. I mean, I learned so many things from him, you know, from that other end. Because like any coach, when you when a coach is bringing out the best of you, you don't really like it because it's hard work. Mm. But at the end of it, end of the journey, you look back and say, "Wow, this, this man made me a better professional athlete. He made me a better person in the community. He made me a better teammate." And so I always be indebted to him for that, and for the way he's helped out the foundation. And I, I see that I, I see that at the event, uh, you've got Alonzo's going to be out there. I mean, Zoe went through his own health situation. You were right in the middle of it down here, as you mentioned. I mean, it, it changed uh, for you what you were supposed to do, what your role was supposed to be. Have you and Zoe stayed in touch through the years? We see each other, man. It's um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like golfing. I'm not that good. And I know once he got out, that was it. It was uh, Alonzo Morning was going to make the PGA Tour <laughs> right. at some point. Uh, he has a he, he has a Georgetown bag, Brian. He, he, he came out to Portland, man. He had everybody in Portland. Hey, man, let's get them shoes and pants and stuff, man. <laughs> really sharp dresser on it. He's never going to look bad on the golf course, I tell you. But uh, the, the little bit that we did stay in touch, it was one of those things where you just kind of pick up where you left off. We both understand that we both have a, a chronic illness, and I have nothing but respect for, for him, and he has nothing but respect for me. Well, here's the event coming up on uh, on Saturday, April 1st, 7 o'clock. Shake it till we make it. Benefit for the Brian Grant Foundation. Again, it's at the Moore Building, uh, It's uh, which is at 191 Northeast 40th Street. For more information and tickets, uh, they go to your website, right, Brian? Uh, BrianGrant.org backslash Miami. Brian, thanks for taking the time. Hopefully you'll get a real good crowd at that event. I know South Florida still appreciates you. There's a bunch of texts coming in here on the line. Uh, saying, oh, snap, Brian Grant, love you, Brian. And they want to know if you still have your dreads. Uh, I cut them all off, but they're coming back. I, I got them, but they're real short. <laughs> and and, and that, that goes reverse for you. I mean, you know, sometimes you get reporters who just want to make a bad story, do this and do that, and box you in. You weren't that kind of guy. I always enjoyed talking with you. I pre- sharing, sharing time. I, I appreciate it, Brian. I appreciate yeah, it, Brian. Yeah, I appreciate this, Ethan. No, no, no problem. All right. Well, best of luck to you. Maybe uh, we'll see you here down the road too. You got to spend a little more time in Miami when you can. You ain't lying. I need some sun after this winter, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great right. one. Thanks, Brian. All right. You guys too. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, Brian Grant, formerly of the Miami Heat, Portland Trailblazers, uh, briefly of uh, and briefly of the Phoenix Suns and Lakers at the end of his career. We'll be right back on Seven Night of the Ticket.
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.